Hey everyone, good morning. Welcome to the Daily Drop-In Morning Show where the Teach Better team is live every single morning, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. We are thrilled to welcome you into Tuesday, December 14th. I have an incredible guest, Chris, with me, which we're going to get to in just a second. We have a topic that we're going to continue to foster this week which is all about UDL and differentiation, really reaching all of our learners, which is a great checkpoint for us to be thinking about right before winter break. And we also, of course, have good news stories and holidays. So as we get into the show this morning, please feel free to comment as much as you feel necessary. We love those good morning messages. If you are listening to this after the fact on the Teach Better Talk podcast, we always appreciate when you screenshot um, that you are listening and tag us on social media so we see your messages. I did get tagged yesterday in a really funny message. So shout out to Alex Valencic who DM me. Thank you for your notes. Uh, always a good thing. So let's get started with the fun and we'll be right back. So go get your coffee. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Chris, how are you? I'm so thrilled that we get to be live together on Daily Drop-In. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, it's going to be such a blast. I know that we are just getting started in this morning, but I want to thank you for waking up early, joining the crew. Uh, I think we're going to have a really good conversation, a good time. So I and I'm thrilled to feature all the work you're doing on the show because I've been following you guys for a really long time. So I think our network is just going to soak this up. Before we get started in too much dialogue, will you tell us a little about yourself for people who may not be connected to you and, and your team and everything else? Kind of tell us what your background is, what you do in education. Yeah. So my name is Chris Gazia. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Off to Class. And Off to Class is a software toolkit for English as a second language teachers. We started back in about 2014, and originally we were mostly used with online English as a second language tutors and teachers. And fast forward seven years, we still work with thousands of ESL tutors all over the world who teach online, but we're used as a curriculum assessment and professional development tool with English language learner teams in over 100 districts across America. So that's what we're all about. Oh, so cool. And definitely something so relevant and important for us to be discussing. The more we know, the more we know. This week is all about UDL, differentiation, everything in between. And as we get into that dialogue, probably more in our brainstorm bank segment, this is such an important concept to ensure that we are bringing into our classrooms is how we can not only reach you know, the masses, the middle, but how we really are reaching all of our learners in the classroom. So I'm so excited you're here. How did you get into this type of work? Do you mind sharing that? Yeah, actually, um, back in 2014, when we kicked off, I was living overseas and I was running an online ESL school. I was in a bit of a career break and I was running an online ESL school with um, a couple co-founders. And when we were running the school, it was pretty similar to running any small private language institute. It just that the format was online, but you still had to schedule lessons and work with parents 
and kind of have have all your staff and your teachers so we really decided that that wasn't for us that we didn't really want to be running this school but at the end of that experience when we decided to cut to kind of shut down online what we were left with was all these lesson plans so like, like the lesson plans that our teachers would use to deliver our curriculum online um at the time so this is back in 2014 and i know it's really really hard to put ourselves back there but at the time teaching languages online was like totally new so when i would tell people that oh i run this online language school and we do the lessons over skype people were blown away like they couldn't believe it so now obviously in a 20 21 context um it's obviously become pretty normal to learn online but at the time it was totally new and so what we realized is that all the teachers that worked for us in our school they were spending tons of time preparing lessons preparing lesson plans for online lessons because the medium is quite different like taking over the power of a video conference classroom so that's really how we started. We released those lesson plans, really grassroots initiative, ESL tutors all over the world started using those plans. And then from there, we just advanced, 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 classic kind of bootstrap situation. Um, and then we started working with districts probably like three to four years into that journey. And then from a district perspective, um, we're mostly used, well, there's kind of two, two, types of learners that districts use us for um and totally on the theme of this week which i love of the differentiated learning so we're not so much of a great fit for elementary school students so we're more of like kind of a middle and high school and really when you look at english learners in middle and high school um you're kind of two segments you've got long-term english learners so lots of kiddos that were born in the states um usually to immigrant families um, some new arrivals and i've been in a district's english language learner kind of stream for five years plus and those kiddos go every year to um to test out depending on what state it is and for some reason they're not able to to get past those state assessments to to get rid of that english learner um kind of marking on their on their pathway and so we work with a lot of district teams to really kind of take a highly differentiated approach to treat every student really like individualize and figure out what they need what support they need like on an individual level to test out and then for middle and high school newcomers, so these are students that have just arrived to the States, um, whether it's as like kind of planned immigration or, or the, the refugee and asylum track. And those are um, those can be a bit of a challenge sometimes for, for district teams, and they need a tool that is um, – exactly the theme of this week they, they need to be able to differentiate because each of these students brings you know such such an, an individual perspective when that when they land up in a district no that's so important i'm excited to dive more into what our team our network can do to support these learners and i'm thrilled to hear that the work that you continue to support is really for middle school high school aged students i think so frequently we find resources that are you know, only for the that lower level in, in terms of elementary school. And, and I think this is going to be such a wonderful opportunity to talk about the students that are coming in that have lived quite a life 
and then walk into a new school and, and need that support. Can I ask, where were you located overseas? That's so cool. I was in Turkey, in Istanbul. Okay. Yeah, so I worked in the Middle East, and then I was on a bit of a career break and ended up in Istanbul, and that's actually where, where that original online ESL school started. Yeah. Oh, that's so neat. Yeah, I know we have some some people slowly starting in this morning. Good morning to all of you. I would love to hear in the comments, actually, friends, if you're up for a little bit of a challenge bright and early on Tuesday, December 14th, um, a location that you would love to move overseas. I think that that is such a, a wonderful opportunity we have to travel, see other, see other places. Um, I know that you and I were joking before we came live that our teams are virtual. So People are kind of all over supporting students, which which really is so wonderful because it brings a different lens, a different perspective to obviously the educational teams that we're able to foster. And um, I love the the storyline, not only around this passion you have for supporting learners, but also being able to bring different insight from different countries. Have you I mean, with Turkey, one of your favorite places that you've lived, have you have you been more than more places than just that? Um, yeah, no, it was, it was fantastic. It was, it was definitely an eye-opening experience. Um, my parents, uh, themselves are newcomers. And so my dad is from South Asia, my mom's from Europe. So I kind of bring that perspective of, um, you know, kind of a new immigrant family and, you know, I think newcomers to, to any country, but especially to America, they bring so much cultural value and, um, so much economic value. That's what I didn't realize. I was actually presenting at a webinar and um, so I was doing a little bit of research. I was on the, you know, the the DOE's website, and I was I was pulling up some stats that were like f super fascinating. Twenty um, percent of business formation in America are by um, by immigrants to the country, and they only make up you know sixteen percent of the total population. So just from an economic standpoint alone, forty four percent of Silicon Valley startups are started by immigrants. Um, something like 40% of Fortune 500 companies are CEO'd by immigrants. So it's it's just from, from both a cultural and economic perspective, newcomers bring such immense value to the country. And typically, it's the district English language learner teams that are on the front lines of like really extracting that value because they are kind of the first point of educational contact, um, even before the students might go into their kind of core class streams, depending on how the district is set up. It's the language teams that actually are like that first point of contact. And so if you think that like the kids are at a bit of a juncture, they've just arrived in the country, they've just arrived in the district, and it's it's really the, the language teams that can actually really extract that value for the country and for society so it's such a kind of underlooked part of the the immigrant journey the immigrant process so um it's been really kind of fascinating oh i could legitimately talk about this for hours i think the concept of of coming into a new country the concept of of having a speaking multiple languages all of these pieces are things that i am so uneducated about but i love different cultures i love learning i love different languages so the opportunities to better support these families, these students, is kind of a uh, hidden at the core here. I, I really love this dialogue. I do have to ask, um, on the show, yes, we love to bring in new guests. Yes, we love to talk about new and relevant topics. We love to bring our network different tools and resources that they can utilize to best reach their learners. 
but sometimes we bring in dialogue that or, or language that is unfamiliar. You know, our network is global um, very much right now, though, on the daily drop in, especially if people are tuning in live, they're really like East Coast, you know, like central time zone, depending on uh, it's a little early for our West Coast friends to, to tune in quite yet. But, you know, hopefully they catch it after the fact on Teach Bear Talk podcast or over on our saved programming over on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Twitch. But the word newcomer, tell me a little bit, how does that word label a group? How, how, when would it be appropriate time to use that, that title? Does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah, um, I might get the, the exact definition wrong, but typically it would be um, in the concept of a student, like a newcomer student, it would be, it would be a student that has arrived in America um, relatively recently. Cool. So not born um, to, to newcomer parents in, in the country, but has arrived um, in the country, like certainly during their schooling career. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would, what I would really think about it. And can you still use that term if they moved from an English speaking country? I'm asking really yes. silly questions. I yes, know, but I'm just you curious. Can. You yeah. can. And actually, um, when you look at the linguistic kind of background of newcomers to America, um, now this, this was run in 2014 by the DOE, but about six, 16% of newcomers are, are English speaking. So um, those, those kiddos could come from, you know, from, from the Caribbean, um, from other English speaking countries, from, you know, they might be native English speakers from India. Um, so yeah, in those situations, there wouldn't really be an English language learning kind of component, but that's, um, that's about 16%. And then the linguist, obviously Spanish is a large chunk of, of, like first first language for a lot of kids but that's at about 44 percent and then so the other 40 percent is hugely diverse so yeah. you've got all sorts of all sorts of languages there korean french vietnamese tagalog filipino hindi chinese um yeah it's a really big amount of diversity there mm, so neat you know i want to continue this conversation really dive deeper into this concept of what we can do to support new students that are coming from all over the world into our classrooms. No matter where you teach, it seems like every educator has this experience in their career, whether it's once or seemingly every week, it's always wonderful to be able to consider how language can foster a better learning experience for our students. So we're gonna head into our Brainstorm Bank segment. Give us just one second, we'll be right back. Good morning, everyone. We are going to continue our conversation here on the Daily Drop-In for our Brainstorm Bank. As many of you know, since we've been doing the show every single morning since August of 2021, I mean, it was created March of 2020, but you said consistently, at least, um, many of you know that this segment exists in every single Daily Drop-In show. Every single day, we like to take an intentional moment, pause the show, and really just truly ask you, is there anything you need? We know that so many of you are experiencing 
stress as we continue through our time striving to reach all of our learners and as you continue to do everything and anything to be able to support your students we want to make sure that you are not doing it alone so during our brainstorm bank segment we like to ask you if there's anything you need to brainstorm it could be a tough conversation you need to have with a parent a lesson plan that you're designing a way to reach a new learner in your classroom or anything in between so feel free to always throw that in the chat live with us or direct message the team and on any social media platform, we'll make sure that we are here to brainstorm with you as you continue to move forward throughout your experience supporting teachers and students, depending on what your role is. Chris, we've been able to have a, a really wonderful, rich dialogue thus far, but I'm excited to get further into some specifics. We kind of joke on the team like, philosophy is great. We all love this these big overarching concepts, but we really do like to hit on those tactical and practical strategies that we can go and use tomorrow, whether it's a free resource we can go to or, or a colleague we can go brainstorm with, really those ideas of how we can support our learners as quickly as possible, not just in theory, but maybe later this afternoon is a big focus. So as far as this newcomer story and this concept of supporting middle school and high school students specifically, um, what do you think is something that our teachers could, should can be considering? Okay, great question. So typically for a lot of um, the teachers that might be listening that are working as English language learner teachers in districts, um, I think what they'll find is most of those curriculum and intervention strategies are typically designed exactly what we're talking about for elementary school students or students um, that have been in the program for a little bit longer and haven't necessarily just arrived in the country. So when you're thinking about new arrivals, when you're thinking about newcomers, um, especially in the middle and high school level, is what you might want to think about is really empathizing with the different personas that those students are playing in the country. So if you think about um, the various personas and roles that a newcomer um, would play in the country, um, you can think about, um, we already touched upon it on the economic lens. So like really as the breadwinner. So a lot of these high school um, newcomers, they are already out in the world um, earning money to support the family. They might, there's a very good chance they've got an entrepreneurial lens because there is such a high propensity of business formation with, with that, with these, these types of, of families and students. Um, so thinking about them as the breadwinner, thinking about them as the caregiver, most likely they're going to be the ones with their parents when they're accessing healthcare or with their younger siblings when they're accessing healthcare. So thinking about them really kind of like as the caregiver, um, thinking of them as like the family advocate as those students are going, as those families are going out and accessing services and going out to the community often it's that it's it's that student who might be kind of the translator in that in those types of roles for kind of from a civic perspective um and thinking about them really is like the community link like often these students are the ones that are going out on behalf of the family and creating those new bonds and the new found home so if you think about those roles we really want to arm our students um 
with the the language skills and the vocabulary skills and the content skills to go out and like really play those roles whereas with a tri- with a typical english language learner kind of program and curriculum strategy that's focused at younger students obviously the focus is like on content classes mm-hmm. so we need to teach our, our younger l's english learners like you know the language of math the language of social studies the language of science to really help them kind of accelerate and just being cognizant that for for these older students that might not be the focus and so the focus might be a lot of things around um you know lifelong english like real life skills themes um you know economic entrepreneurial goals economic entrepreneurial themes um making sure we've got age appropriate content so it's pretty easy to i think for teachers that work a lot with elementary school students to have like a lot of like fun cartoons and flashcards and this and that but a lot of these these older english learners newcomers middle and high like they're they are adults right like they they've like especially if they you know, if they were refugees, asylum seekers, like they are definitely adults and they're certainly considered adults in their home communities. So they're not going to be engaged by like the same cartoons and kind of fun, fluffy stuff that necessarily our, our younger students are into. So just being cognizant of that. Um, technical language skills are important. Some of these students are coming in with basically not much in terms of language skills. So um, going back to basics, like basic grammar skills. Um, and then the, the, the other point I would touch upon for um, administrators rather than, than teachers is um, dealing with fluctuating, fluctuating enrollments. Um, because students can be joining your program at any time of the year. So having just a good, easy way to to provide a placement test, to take a gauge of, of where your students are at. Um, and then for anybody else, uh, anybody who's, who's listening to me and saying, wow, this sounds like a lot of work. Um, thank you for, for filling my Christmas break with, with all sorts of lesson planning um, ideas. Um, you can go to offtheclass.com and there's a free account there. I think you can access over 150 lessons. You can send 20 placement tests. So it's a great free resource for anybody um, who might have middle and high school English learners and might be looking for a lot of content like, you know, around the themes of lifelong English, real life skills, um, you know, an age appropriate goal oriented content, just go there. There's also tons of different like free lesson plan downloads. So yeah, lots of resources there for you. Yeah. So I want to get into uh, how often, off to class definitely supports these areas. I'm going to backtrack a little because you shared Please. so many rich tidbits. I want to make sure that our our crew here really thinks through the concept of ensuring that as you have a new student entering your classroom, in some regard, a new student entering your school, the concept that the content needs to be relevant to them and age appropriate appropriate for them is extremely important. So I really appreciate you highlighting that the tools and resources that we need to use with our students can't just be the tools and resources that may be the first ones in front of us or something that our colleagues or friends have used, but really ensuring that we are still thinking through just because they don't speak 
the language doesn't mean that they aren't um, considering themselves an adult. They, they, they absolutely have gone through experiences and we need to ensure that we don't just give them elementary tools that don't relate to them because maybe those are most prevalent in our communities, but really ensuring that we are hunting for content and resources that engage them and that are relevant to them. I think that was such an important idea. You also then highlighted something that I feel like goes with this hand in hand, which is the concept of these people really, these students really having a different lens as they walk in, that entrepreneurial lens, the the perspective of them being caregivers, that is something that is immensely important for our educators to be considering as new students walk in the classroom or even as we walk into our classrooms this afternoon and we look at the students sitting in our classrooms, that lens that they are, are, are engaging with day to day can really allow us to better understand what engages them, but also why certain content might engage them specifically in the classroom. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like if you look at it as a tiered approach, like before even getting down into content, just just recognizing that there's a different um, persona that they might be playing, different goals, and then just rec- just recognizing that and then, then flowing that down to the type of content you might go after um, is totally, is, is totally fair. And, um, you know, it's, it's, there's this kind of there's the teacher lens and then there's the administrator lens and often there's a bit of a disconnect right because our coordinators might not be in the classroom all the time and they might have goals around um you know state assessment scores and and other kind of quants and stuff like that but then typically the teachers in the classroom they might they have that that personal connection and they're the ones that know that okay this isn't just a statistic or a test out or um a state assessment score like this is a great opportunity for this for, for this community for this country and this is a student who you know might take an entrepreneurial route and might go and form a business and might go and employ people. And so let's make sure that we're, we're kind of capturing that resource and give them that kind of, you know, maybe life skills, business oriented, focused content versus um, here's the language of algebra. Or, well, yeah, it's the concept of teaching the whole child, right? You're not just sending a student out of your classroom so they can go learn English which is absolutely not the work that we're talking about right now, but you're having your students really engage with still being a learner while also supporting them understanding the language that is most commonly spoken in their space, right? So it's not that they're just going to go learn English, but you are engaging the student and engaging them as a whole child to understand their development as a human being existing in your community, which is such an such a more important lens than just learning the basic grammar using a cartoon. Absolutely. Yeah. So I will tell you, Chris, you know, language has been super interesting in my life. I know so many of our friends here, uh, by the way, good morning to Brianne and Brad and Megan's here. We have a lot of you commenting. It's great to see you this morning. Um, a lot of different educators experience you know, students entering into their classroom in different ways. Some some educators work in communities where it seems like every day we're onboarding a new student to enter our classroom, um, and and that has its own challenges. 
some educators really don't experience as much in their career, but but will have an opportunity to have a new student join their classroom from a different background. And and then, you know, while you're striving to 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 build in this community with that child, you also may not have access to resources or know where to go find those resources. I know specifically my first year teaching, I had a wonderful young gentleman join my classroom in sixth grade science, and he only spoke French. And it was fascinating. I loved learning from him. But to be honest, Chris, I had no clue what to do with him. I mean, this little boy was into soccer, so we connected in that regard. But there was a huge communication gap. I thought he was the coolest kid in the world. But I also had absolutely zero idea, truly zero idea, how to support him. To the extent that I remember my first year teaching, calling my friend who was a French major and being like, can you get something out of this? Help me in some way. And I think that that's the important connection that I'd love to foster for our network here is uh, off to class actually has resources, lessons, and opportunities here for us so that we're not starting from zero. So you don't have to call your cousin across the country that might speak a different language to see if there's a connection, but to really utilize resources that you have access to right now to engage those learners. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So um, we have long been used with lots of very kind of experienced English language development teachers and schools and teams, but there's a whole world of folks that use us to teach that aren't trained in English language development. Um, so I would, I would um, totally second what you're saying. Like if you are a core content kind of classroom teacher, science teacher, math teacher, um, you but but you're obviously an English speaker, um, you have the skills to teach to teach English as a second language. Um, it's just that when we learn English in in native speaking countries, we don't actually explicitly learn grammar um, for, for most people. In some countries, in some some countries they do learn grammar, but in, in the US and North America, we don't actually learn grammar. So that makes it really, really difficult for us to teach English as a second language where a student who's French and learning English as an adolescent, they absolutely do need to learn grammar. They do need to learn the way everything is working. So um, on off the class in those 150 lessons that I was mentioning before, those free resources, the lessons are set up that there's the actual content, like the lesson plan that you're teaching, but then there's there's the teacher notes that are synchronous with it. And so the teacher training is baked in. So if you've never taught, um, you know, what's the past perfect simple in, in, in English, um, those supports are baked in, that kind of the teacher training is baked into the content. So Chris, obviously we're talking about being able to support all types of educators, some general education classrooms like we've kind of noted, but also the, 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 the support systems that exist in schools that might pull out small groups of from those classes and actually do intervention and everything else. Those the, There's so many different people in the school ecosystems that can adopt these type of lessons. From a general education perspective, because even just looking at who's commenting this morning um, in our network, a lot of these educators are general classroom teachers. Um, some I know are coaches and we have a few principals in here. So obviously everybody plays their own role in this experience. If I'm a general education teacher, is it silly to say that these are resources that I can incorporate in 
if, if assuming that I let's let's say for example I don't have an intervention time, although that would be wonderful, are these lessons that I can incorporate into different advisory times, different student engagement activities? I mean, these lessons are probably relevant to my learners at all levels, regardless, especially if they haven't had the specific grammar use. Like, is this something that I can pull at any point in time? It just may be more relevant to our interventionists in some regard. Yeah, I mean, definitely on on the interventionist, um, using using that time like really effectively when you've got the student one on one. Um, but no, I think um, it it really it really depends on on the teacher and the style. Um, if you do ever have you know moments that are sometimes kind of serendipitous or ad hoc, where you can kind of even informally in the classroom pull one of your English learners aside, um, I think that the the lessons on off to class are great to just kind of jump in with them. But um, you also might flip the process where you just assign homework to that to that student um where you might just kind of go over the lesson really quickly like even in the last five minutes of the class as 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 students are kind of as the rest of the students are kind of leaving the classroom that day and then just just provide provide homework and resources for the for the student to attack uh on their own time um that no, can definitely work that's great and i really appreciate us highlighting the versatility of these tools and resources it really is a housing space of so many different opportunities that the educator can get creative with, whether it's the last five minutes of the day. If you're a principal, this could be something that you pull in for your interventionist. Um, I know that at a middle school level, so many of you that teach at a middle school level ha do have an advisory time uh, or a tutorial time. I've seen that uh, in many communities where you can chunk your students differently, maybe pull a small group, and that can be your 20 to 40 minutes of time each day or each week that you can engage in these lessons. Um, but but I think the most important thing, Chris, here to highlight is understanding that these students at the higher level are excessively capable and need right. engaging content. And that engaging content doesn't need to come necessarily exclusively from the teacher's mind with all this different lesson planning that we already have on our plate. But truly, there are free resources that exist that can get us started. And whether we tweak or adapt from there is very much a teacher style. But um, you don't need to start from zero and, and you know, there are supports. Yeah, no, that's, that's what's been so much fun about, um, the journey at off to class is realizing, um, that, you know, we're, we're kind of working with teachers. We're not trying to replace teachers. We're not trying to give out, you know, codes or access codes that then the teacher just, just gives to their students and, and lets them kind of do their own thing. We're really trying to work with teachers and um, it's really, it's really those kind of core content teachers, English language learner teachers that are always going to know what's best for their students um, because they're on the front lines. They're, they're interacting with them. They know the subtext. They know what it is about the student that the test scores aren't showing or the state assessments aren't showing. So yeah, absolutely. So powerful. Chris, we're going to transition here into our good news story, get into some celebrations um, and some holidays that we have going on today. So we'll be right back. If you are tuning in with us, we'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to throw your thoughts thus far in the comments and definitely go fill up your coffee because we'll be right back. Hey friends, as we get 
started here, we are going to continue our dialogue with holidays and good news stories. And there is definitely a lot to celebrate today as we continue to walk into a wonderful Tuesday, December 14th. Um, I just want to give a special shout out to those of you who are entering into your last week before winter break, or maybe your last few days before winter break. Remember that even though it might be a very busy time with spirit days and everything else, we're absolutely here to help you be successful. So please feel free to use this network as much as you so choose. There are a lot of holidays today that are worth noting, and some of them are a little wacky. It is uh, World Monkey Day to celebrate the monkeys. So definitely don't forget to share um, about you know all the fun animals that exist in our world. That could be a good attention getter for your students to bring in chimpanzees into the dialogue this morning. It is also um, National Alabama Day. Who knew? Um, it is National uh, Energy Conservation Day, and it is World Chestnut Day. Chris, have you ever had a chestnut? Absolutely. Actually, when we were when I was living in Istanbul, it was actually part of um, the kind of the city's character. They would roast the street vendors would roast chestnut chestnuts out on the street and hand them out. And the first time I ate one, I didn't realize that you have to. <laughs> I just ate it. I didn't realize that the shell was still on while they were roasting them. And so yeah, the shell exploded in my mouth. Okay, wait, I was thinking the same thing as I was looking at the holiday because I don't think I've ever had a chestnut and the, the article I was reading goes into how delicious they are, how they can be roasted, they're a little sweeter, and yet I don't think I would have known that there was a shell I needed to take off. Yeah, they, they roast them with the shell on, so be careful. Yeah, yeah so yeah. if you are walking around today eating chestnuts, please make sure that you are taking that shell off first. I can only assume, Chris when you kind of described it as the shell exploding in your mouth, that it may be like sharp and not something you want to eat. Yes. I'm not, I'm not sure it's digestible. So be careful. No, we're, no. we're not advocating for eating the shell of a chestnut. Please, please take that off first. That wouldn't be peeling. It would be crappy. Please, right? please do not try this at home. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know what? This is a really good warning for all of you walking into a Tuesday ready for many of you celebrating some holidays over the next few weeks. Please be careful with your chestnuts. Really, that's what it is. That's why Chris and I are here. <laughs> we also Absolutely. have a good good news story for you. Um, this is an article about creating a safe haven with books. Terrence Croster is a developer who has um, helped uh, a long history of helping disadvantaged youth um, in a crime-ridden town. And he's actually continuing his support for students and these um these these children in this community by creating libraries all around his community. I know many of you have seen this, but he is working at not just a low level of elementary level books, but being able that we are sharing middle school, high school, adult age books as well. Um, he's began this project back in 2017 and kind of dabbled with different opportunities. He's calling them hotspot libraries. And this allows for um, him to be able to work within his postal code to share a lot of resources for the the, the children. Um, over the last few years, he has over 750 young people that are participating in filling and engaging with the shelves of his pop-up libraries with more than 2,000 books that are continuing to be fluctuated um, that he likes to change out every six weeks. So this is an incredible gentleman that is doing great work. So we want to give a shout out to um, everybody in communities that are sharing resources 
um, not only in library sense, but in a lot of different areas as well. So very cool, good news story. You know, Chris, I want to make sure that our network, outside of obviously hearing your insight today, get to engage with the work that off to class, the work that you're doing. Can you give us some perspective on where they can connect with you in the future outside of Daily Drop-In? Absolutely. Well, the the most obvious place is to go access resources at offtoclass.com. It takes 30 seconds. Go sign up for an account. There are um, there's tons of free resources on the on the free accounts. There's also a ton of um, lesson plan downloads on the site. So definitely get in there. Um, we are attending the NABE conference this year. So if anybody's, so that's really exciting. We attended virtually uh, last year. So that's the National Association of Bilingual Educators. And it's a great conference. We were there virtually last year. So for anybody that is passionate about um, bilingual education, English language learning teams, district teams in the U.S., um, those folks are great. And this year it's a hybrid conference, so we'll be attending in person, but there's also a ton of great free programming online. So go check out NABE. That's February 10th to 14th in New York and online. So that's going to be awesome. Um, and then we do, if you go to off to class and set up one of your accounts, you'll be on our, on our mailing list. And there's all sorts of webinars and professional development presentations that we're always hosting. And you can also get access to those on our Twitter at off to class, OFF, the number two class and on LinkedIn. Love it. Please go make sure you follow all of what Off to Class is doing on social media. I know that's how I connected with you, Chris, and I really appreciate that your team is consistently looking at not only how to support educators in the classroom, in our schools across the country, but also ensuring that we are connecting with each other. That concept of being a connected educator is so important, and we really appreciate that your team is doing both of those very, very important missions for our, our incredible career that we're in. So Chris, I really appreciate you being here bright and early with us, uh, sharing some incredible dialogue and information on not only supporting all of our students, but really ensuring that we are supporting those students that are entering into our classrooms that need very, very important language support as well as they enter into different communities. So thank you for be, coming here and being able to highlight everything for us. It was a great experience. It was really happy to be here and, and connect with all the amazing teachers that you're working with. Oh, it's so fun. For everyone else in the Teach Better community, it is Tuesday, December 14th, and we are wishing you the most incredible Tuesday ever. I will let you know that there is a new course coming out in the Academy that Jeff and I highlighted yesterday that is releasing tomorrow morning on Wednesday. That course is all about writing your story, how to write a book, what you might want to write a book about, how to get a publisher and everything in between. So if you're interested in any of that, make sure that you head over to teachbetteracademy.com tomorrow morning, bright and early, and you'll be able to access all those tools and resources. And of course, because it's typical uh, Teach Better style, we have a lot going on. We'll be live, obviously, for Brain, brain Break uh, later this week. And of course, as we mentioned yesterday, we are doing a Build a Grid series. Our second week or last week of December, the week after Christmas, we are going to be taking a pause from daily drop-in and Chad and I are going to go live with friends and family in the Teach Better community to build grids. So we have announced that yesterday. We're very excited to announce the schedule for all of you as we continue. 
and have you guys connect with us that way as we continue to foster discussion and professional development over break. So Chris, thank you again for joining us. We want to wish everybody a wonderful day and we will see you all tomorrow morning, bright and early on Daily Drop-In. Bye. Thanks for having me, Ray. Bye guys. See you later. (laughs) 